It's January 23rd, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cottnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. The BBC is reporting that Germany's foreign minister has said she would not stand in the way of Poland if they were to send Leopard 2 tanks to Ukraine. Last week, Poland's prime minister said the country was ready to provide 14 Leopard 2 tanks to Kyiv if Berlin permitted them to do so. The Leopard 2 tanks were specifically designed to compete with the Russian T-90 tanks, which are being used in the invasion. There are believed to be more than 2,000 of the Leopard 2 tanks worldwide, and the Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky, said about 300 of them would help ensure a Russian defeat. More than 220 million people in Pakistan were plunged into darkness after a major breakdown in the national grid caused a massive power outage this morning, according to Deutsche Welle. The power ministry in its statement said that the power supply had been restored in some parts of the country and that revival operations were underway. However, the port city of Karachi, with a population of more than 15 million, and Lahore, with more than 10 million, remained without power for longer. Energy Minister Kurum Dastiger told local media that it could take 12 hours to restore the power supply across the country. Frequent power outages due to energy shortages are common in the country. Currently, Pakistan is also running the default risk due to depleting foreign exchange reserves. Kenya's The Nation is reporting that Eritrean troops have left the ancient city of Aksum in Tigray, but remain in two other towns in the war-stricken Ethiopian region, local residents have said, as the U.S. hailed a pullout seen as a key to a landmark peace deal. The Eritrean army had moved across the border into Tigray to support federal government forces against the region's dissident authorities in a conflict that erupted in November 2020 and has killed untold numbers of civilians and set off a desperate humanitarian crisis. A peace deal between the government of Prime Minister Abe Ahmed and the Tigray People's Liberation Front signed in South Africa's capital, Pretoria, in November last year, silenced the guns in the north of Africa's second most populous state. But Eritrea, whose troops have been accused by the U.S. and rights groups of some of the worst atrocities in the conflict, including the massacre of hundreds of civilians in Aksum, was not a party to the agreement. Elsewhere, according to reporting by the Asahi Shimbun, Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida pledged to tackle the alarming decline in the birth rate through measures that far exceed the scope of those taken by previous governments. In his policy speech at the opening of the Ordinary Diet Session, Kishida also repeated his calls for business circles to raise wages, saying higher worker pay is essential to generate a positive economic growth cycle. Most of his policy speech was centered on Kishida's vision for a thriving Japanese society, 
The declining birth rate has long been a thorn in such programs, and it may be worsening. The estimated number of newborns in 2022 was fewer than 800,000, a figure that came eight years earlier than the government's projections. We are now only a few weak moments away from reaching a point on whether we can sustain social functions, Kashida said. We need to reverse the sliding birth rate. Al Jazeera is reporting that Canada will pay more than $2 billion to hundreds of indigenous communities to settle a lawsuit seeking compensation for the loss of language and culture caused by residential schools, the government has announced. The class action lawsuit by 325 indigenous groups ended with the settlement of $2.1 billion, which will be placed in a trust fund independent of the government. The precise terms of disbursing the $2.1 billion are yet to be approved by the federal court. The Canadian government sent about 150,000 children into 139 residential schools from the late 1800s to the 1990s. The institutions were mostly run by the Catholic Church, and during their time there, indigenous children were cut off from their families, language, and culture. Many children were also physically and sexually abused, with thousands believed to have died of disease, malnutrition, or neglect. According to the AP, Russia is expelling Estonia's ambassador, and the country's diplomatic mission will be headed by a charge d'affaires, the Russian foreign ministry said Monday. Estonian ambassador Margus Ladre was ordered to leave the country by February 7th, the ministry said. The statement said that Estonia's diplomatic representation from now on will be downgraded to a charge d'affaires, heading the European Union country's mission in Moscow. The Estonian foreign ministry earlier this month ordered Russia to reduce the number of its embassy staff to eight diplomats and 15 administrative, technical, and service staff members in order to reach parity in embassy staff by February 1st. The Russian foreign ministry said Monday that the Estonian leadership has purposefully destroyed the entire range of relations with Russia. The Guardian reports that 66 women and children kidnapped by armed assailants in northern Burkina Faso last week have been freed. On the 12th and 13th of January, armed men seized the women and their children while they were scouring the bush for fruit and leaves outside two villages in the district of Arbenda. Security forces staged a rescue operation and found 27 adult women and 39 babies, children, and young girls in the adjacent Centra North province. Burkina Faso is one of several countries in West Africa battling an insurgency with links to al-Qaeda and the Islamic State. Jihadists have occupied territory in the country's arid and mainly rural north killing hundreds of villagers and displacing thousands more in the process. In lighter news from the AP, a young Rhode Island girl has finally figured out how to determine if Santa Claus is real, DNA. 
The Cumberland resident sent a partially eaten cookie, as well as a couple of gnawed-on carrot sticks, to the town's police department to ask if they can be tested for DNA, Chief Matthew Benson said in a statement Friday. Benson forwarded the evidence to the state's Department of Health Forensic Sciences unit for analysis. Results are said to be pending. In the criminal justice system, Santa-based offenses are considered especially heinous. In the North Pole, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as the Santa Victims Unit. These are their stories. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at the dsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, we spoke with Andrea Kendall-Taylor of the Center for a New American Security about the state of the war in Ukraine. If you aren't a member, go to the dsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief. <laughs>